What up, world? What up, media? What up, Anchor FM? What up, Spotify? What up, everybody? I am Dre Ross Coffee. And today is what? I believe it's July, uh, July 17th. It's Friday. And the year is 2020. And the time is 117 p.m. Now, today I want to talk about the coronavirus, the coronavirus, my understanding of this virus, my understanding of this virus, that people, um, some people understand it, some people, some people got common sense and some people don't. Uh, some people are practicing the guidelines of social distancing, some people are practicing awareness mask, some people are practicing washing their hands, some people are saying, I'm staying home, I'm not going nowhere, because this virus is everywhere, I'm staying away from people, I'm staying away from a person that can speak, and majority people, there are only a few, but people don't even use their thinking caps People can determine from right from wrong, but people just basically do what people do and just don't care. Regardless of color. So today I'm going to have a coronavirus talk. I'm going to have the, the, uh, the thing called Virus 19, the coronavirus. I'm going to have a talk about that on this particular podcast. I have other uh, YouTube channels, uh, people, um, CNN, um, Good Morning America, you know, basically open up on me. Here today on Anchor FM, Dre Waz, Anchor FM, and Spotify. Dre Waz, Dre Waz, Dre Waz, Counselor. Oh, I'm about to forget. Follow me on Instagram. That is Jarrell Lucian. Follow me on Facebook, Jarrell Lucian, of course. My YouTube channel, my exercise YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. YouTube, that is Jarrell Lucian. Email me, email me if you have any questions. Any questions, email me at Lucian number seven at gmail.com. Also, cash at me, cash at me, cash at me. That is dollar sign Lucian Jarrell number seven. Dollar sign Lucian Jarrell number seven. Hit me up on Facebook Messenger, please. Please and donate. I will accept to make more, more, and more of these particular, particular topics, auto podcast commentary brought to you by me, Dre Wise, Dre Wise, Dre Wise, the one and only Dre Wise, Dre Wise, calculate. News we have to talk about the major story rocking the presidential race. Bernie Sanders has officially announced that he is ending his campaign. Yeah, and I gotta say, man, this is a big one. And even though Bernie lost two presidential races, you can't argue that he has had an impact on America. In fact, I would argue he's had more of an impact on America than some presidents have. Like he's pushed Medicare for all into the mainstream. He shined the lights on income inequality and how corporations have used money to rig the system in their favor. And he showed us all that it's okay to use our outdoor voice indoors. Yeah, that's not a thing. You can use your voice wherever you want. Like now! Now, Bernie aside, coronavirus is still the thing dominating the news right now. And of course it is. We're all stuck inside. But before we get into the latest headlines, let's, let's catch up on some fun news in our ongoing segment, A Ray of Sunshine. 
And our first bit of good news, Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter and world's richest barista, has announced that he will be donating $1 billion to help fight the coronavirus. That's 28% of his wealth. Yeah, and that's amazing. Using your money to fight coronavirus, and what better person to fight a thing that's poisoning society than the inventor of a thing that's poisoning society. Now, I'm just being a hater, man. This is incredible, like for real. It's incredible because it's generous, it's a powerful gesture at a moment like this, and it's also throwing shade, so much shade, at Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos. Because they also donated money, but they donated way, way less than Dorsey, and they've got way, way more money than Dorsey, right? He donated like 30% of his net worth, and they donated less than half a percent of their net worth. It's like if the check at a restaurant came and everyone else tips five bucks and then you buy the waiter a Lamborghini. That's basically what Dorsey did right here. Yeah, yeah. thanks, the service was great. Oh, my friends, yeah, they're just cheap bitches. You know how it is. Now look, not everyone has a billion dollars, which is why people around the world have found all sorts of ways to try and stop the spread of this disease. For instance, you know how we're all stressed about making sure that we keep six feet between ourselves and other people when we're out in public? Well, some amateur inventors have come up with their own novel solutions. This man's wacky social distancing device is going viral. He designed this contraption out of tent poles and duct tape in order to know exactly how far away six feet is. Okay, that is a super smart idea. But I will say, it could have been a lot easier. I mean, it's cool to have the disc and everything, but all you have to do to keep people from coming near you is just carry a clipboard. Yeah, and then you just ask people if they have a few minutes to save the environment, and everyone will stay at least six feet away. And keeping people six feet away from you is a great idea, until you need to get close to some people because they're delivering your food. So how do you solve that problem? Well, two heroes in Missouri they totally figured it out. A woman in Missouri is taking no contact delivery to the next level. This is video from TikTok user Tracy. She and her roommate set up a pulley system to get their pizza without ever having to open their door. They did it all using a box and some heavy-duty yarn. They just put the cash in the box and they lowered it. Tell me that is not genius. Like, what else were they going to do? The only other solution would have been to just have the delivery person leave the food at the door and then wait 15 seconds for them to leave. But there's no fun in that. And what an emotional roller coaster this must have been for that pizza. Hmm? You don't think about that. One minute the pizza was in there all happy, like, it's happening, I'm going to heaven, I can feel it, I'm floating, I'm, no, why is she eating me? Ah, this is the bad place. Now I know what you're thinking, Trevor. How am I gonna work off all of this pizza that I keep ordering at home if I can't get to the gym? Well, here's a question. Why make it to the gym when you can have the gym make it to you? One man not letting his gym closing down keep him from getting in a good workout, so he turned to nature. Yeah, Zachary Skidmore got a chainsaw out and went to work, built himself what he's calling the Lumberjack Gym out of logs from his farm. The Lumberjack Gym includes a bench press, squat rack, leg press, dumbbells, yes, even a treadmill, and it's all made out of... America's my... That is impressive. Because if I built a gym out of a forest, I wouldn't have energy to work out because I just built a gym out of a forest. And this guy's attention to detail 
is truly impressive. Did you see all the pieces? He's got the bench, he's got the, he's got the leg press, he's got the squat machine, he's got everything you would find in the gym. Yeah, he even made the old man in the locker room who refuses to cover up his balls. Yeah, that was really intricate. Like the detail around the testicles, that's a lot of wood chipping right there, my friends. Also, this is a great idea until the animals discover this forest gym, because our one saving grace as humans is that animals don't really work out. Can you imagine when the bears discover this and get jacked? It's over for us. All right, that's it for the good news. Let's get into the big story of the day. Let's talk about black people. They're like white people, but with seasoning. In America, black people have had a long history of getting the short end of the stick. From slavery, to Jim Crow, to the criminal justice system, to the sunken place. But when it came to the coronavirus, it seemed like for once, black people were catching a break. A lot of these viruses were immune to. Yeah. Because our skin is radiant and our skin comes from the sun. Mm -hmm. That is our superpower, melanin. Black people, we will not get the coronavirus because we get a little thing in our body where we call the melanin. Minorities can't catch it. We sure. Say, say that one more time. Minorities can't catch it. Minorities can't catch coronavirus. coronavirus. No. Why do you that? say? Why do you believe Name that? Name one. I don't know, but it could <laughs> happen. Name one, though. It could happen. Name one of us. Yeah, when this whole pandemic was just kicking off, many people, many people thought coronavirus was something that just didn't involve black people. Sort of like Tennis Elbow or Tiger King. Very quickly, we've come to learn that not only can black people get coronavirus, it turns out that black people are being hit harder than anyone else in America right now. With the rate of infection increasing in cities across America, there are alarming new statistics showing the pandemic is taking an especially heavy toll on minority communities. African Americans account for 41% of COVID deaths in Michigan, though only 14% of residents. In Chicago, black residents represent 72% of deaths, but just 30% of the population. Louisiana's population is 32% black, which accounts for about 70% of coronavirus deaths. The disparity uh, in deaths among African Americans, they're startling. The data is clear. Coronavirus is disproportionately impacting and killing people of color. That's right. As America has become the epicenter of the coronavirus worldwide, black America has become the epicenter of the virus's worst effects. And this has become such a major problem that even President Trump has taken notice. In the US, African Americans are dying at a much higher rate from COVID-19 than other groups. President Trump calls it a real problem and a tremendous challenge. This is something that's come up, and I don't mean by a little bit, I mean many times. It's a real thing. Now, why is it that the African American community is so much, you know, numerous times more than everybody else? Why is it three or four times uh, more so for the black community as opposed to other people, it doesn't make sense. And I don't like it. And we're going to have statistics over the next probably two to three days. It almost sounds like Trump is jealous that black people get coronavirus more than anyone else. Just because of the way he said it. How come black people are getting it and not me? What do they have that I don't have? Is it swag? Is that what it is? Is it caused by swag? No, but look, obviously I'm joking. I'm totally joking, man. If anything, it's refreshing. It's honestly refreshing to see President Trump so concerned about the black community. 
But, but when he says it doesn't make sense that coronavirus is hitting black Americans the hardest, it's actually the opposite, right? Because when you look at the systemic and socioeconomic factors facing black people in America, it makes complete sense. You see, overall, black people are less likely to have health insurance. Black people are more likely to have pre-existing conditions like asthma and diabetes, and those things make coronavirus more lethal. Black people are also more likely to be in service jobs where you can't work from home and you have to come into contact with lots of people every day. And of course, there's always just straight up racism that affects black people as well. For example, one study has found that black people have been less likely to be offered a coronavirus test by their doctor, even if they're exhibiting the same symptoms as white patients. Yeah. So while almost every industry around the world is shut down, it looks like racism is still considered an essential service. And racism is even affecting whether or not black people can protect themselves and cover their faces when they go outside. Jody Armour is a law professor at USC Law School. He and other academics believe wearing masks can pose a problem for people of color. The fear of being mistaken for a dangerous criminal may be greater than the fear of contracting COVID-19. Wearing protective masks while black is a concern just like driving while black is. This officer right here behind us, he just followed us from outside, told us that we cannot wear masks. There's a presidential order, there's a state order, and he's just and he's following us right now to store. We're being asked to leave for being safe. Come on, man, this is some bullshit. If black people don't wear a mask in public, what's gonna happen? People are gonna say they're endangering public health. But then if black people do wear masks, then they're treated like they're preparing for a mission in Red Dead Redemption or something. Like, what do you expect black people to do, hmm? At this point, the only safe way for black people to cover their faces in public is to try and disguise themselves as a white person. And I'm not talking about code switching. I'm talking about actually putting on a white person's face as your mask. Some people will be suspicious, but it'll work. Hey, you look white, but there's something off. Say something only a white person would say. Uh, I wish Kamala Harris was back in this race. Checks out. I'll see you at hockey practice, buddy. So look, the unfortunate truth is that the black community is being slammed by coronavirus right now. But in a way, it's not because there's anything special about coronavirus. It's because any widespread crisis in America is bound to hit the most vulnerable and disadvantaged groups the hardest. And yes, I know this is depressing, especially right now. I mean, you don't wanna deal with coronavirus and racism at the same time. It's like two Marvel villains coming into one movie. We don't have enough heroes. What we do have is real life black people showing how resilient they are. And one of the videos that gave me the most joy is this viral video of a group of black people throwing a social distancing block party that I won't lie, brought me a little bit of joy. Tonight, more than four months and 134,000 lives into this growing, not shrinking pandemic. After two brutal weeks of cases spiking, hospitals filling up, and now ICUs overflowing, the President of the United States still does not have a plan for turning this around. What he does have, as shown by his statements and actions and actions not taken, is a plan for downplaying, a plan for ignoring, 
Planford sometimes even mocking the single greatest preventable loss of life in this country's peacetime history. Whether he is, as his niece Mary Trump suggests in her new book, simply incapable of comprehending the suffering of others, or whether he comprehends it and just doesn't care, he's made it abundantly clear he does not want the country to know about it. He does not want you to pay attention to this virus or to do the very basic things that would actually work to curtail the spread of the virus. It's clear he does not want the country to have the kind of shared, fact-based picture of reality that would help us all in this fight. His only plan, if you can call it that, is to gaslight the American people over and over and over again. Well, I think we are in a good place. We've done a good job. I think we're actually, uh, we are going to be in two, three, four weeks. By the time we next speak, I think we're going to be in very good shape. We're in good place, going to be in a very good shape, he says. When he said it on Tuesday, the death toll stood at more than 130,300 American lives lost. Today, it's 134,000. So in just three days since then, nearly 4,000 more Americans have died. There's no good place on earth, no decent place, no normal place where so many people die so needlessly in so few days. Certainly no place with a plan to save lives, because a plan would include steps to understand the size and the scope of the pandemic through testing and straight talk about the danger. Instead, this is what we get. Testing. There were no tests for a new virus, but now we have tested almost 40 million people. By so doing, we show cases, 99% of which are totally harmless. I mean, that is just nonsense. It's, wor it's worse than nonsense. I mean, it's dangerous. He is telling us this deadly pandemic isn't really bad at all. Ignoring that e even if you don't die from it, you can permanently be scarred by it. Lung damage, brain damage, they don't even know the long-term effects. And of course, the vice president, whose main job now seems to be making the president's lies seem more palatable and is locked in a servile embrace of the president, explained away the president's 99% lie by saying, gosh, he's just an optimist. Well, look, the American people know President Trump uh, is an optimist. He believes in this country, but he also believes the American people deserve to have the whole story. He's just an, he's just an optimist who loves this country so much. He, he loves this country so much he can't be honest. It's because he loves us that he lies to us every day. That's what the vice president would have you believe. Mr. Prince is correct. The American people deserve to have the whole story. So here's what the vice president and the president, here's what they don't say. COVID is not 99% totally harmless. COVID is actually about 4.6% fatal, according to data from Johns Hopkins University. And even though the death rate has been falling for a while, it's now climbing again. More cases leading to more people being hospitalized and now more people losing their battle with a virus the president still calls 99% harmless. Since reopening, Texas has seen new cases rise by 849%, nearly 10,000 new confirmed infections today alone. In Arizona, cases up 887%, major hospitals at full capacity. And since reopening, Florida's case numbers have risen by 1,237%. The and since reopening, Florida's case numbers have risen by 1,237%. The state has gone from averaging 680 new cases per day to more than 9,000, all since reopening. Having a plan to save lives and build testing and contact tracing and supplies of PPE would mean not pushing those states to reopen too soon, as the president did. Like he even was talking about reopening the country by Easter. Remember that? 
wouldn't it be great to have all of the churches full? You know, the churches aren't allowed, essentially, to have much of a congregation there. And most of them, I watched on Sunday, online. And he was terrific, by the way. But online is never going to be like being there. So I think Easter Sunday, and you'll have packed churches all over our country. I think it would be a beautiful time. He is such a godly man. It's incredible. A beautiful time. He said that on March 24th, when the death toll stood at 1,000, cases were already, though, exploding across the Northeast when he said that. So in other words, when it was abundantly clear, if it wasn't already from watching Italy and Spain, that this was perhaps the last best moment to implement a coordinated federal response for protecting the entire country. But again, there was none, and there still isn't. There was only a push to pretend the problem didn't exist or would just go away. We have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China. We have it very well under control. Uh, we have very little problem in this country at this moment. We have it very much under control in this country. Very interestingly, uh, we've had no deaths. But the uh, coronavirus, which is uh, you know, very well under control in our country. And everything is under control. I mean, they're very, very cool. They've done it and uh, they've done it well. Everything's really under control. It's something that we have uh, tremendous control of. And the crisis uh, is being handled. We are likewise getting under control. So if you're keeping score at home, the president's COVID-19 plan so far and to this day include denial, deception, listening to the stock market but not the virus, or the CDC's own guidelines, or his coronavirus task force's own guidelines when it comes to reopening the economy, which is now shutting back down again. And the plan now includes pushing states to do the same for schools as they did for their economies. And we hope that most schools are going to be open. Uh, we don't want people to make political statements or do it for political reasons. They think it's going to be good for them politically, so they keep the schools closed. No way. So we're very much going to put pressure on uh, governors and everybody else to open the schools, to get them open. And uh, it's very important. This is like Soviet doublespeak. The, the, the people hold, want to keep the schools closed because if the, they think it benefits them politically. What governor thinks it benefits them politically to keep public schools closed across their state? Parents angry, kids angry, parents suffering at, at, at their jobs because they can't go to work because if their kids are at home, somebody has to take care of them. Who does that thinking it, it scores political points? The last time around, the president looked the other way as states disregarded CDC guidelines for reopening safely. He encouraged them to reopen and ignore his own task force guidelines. This time, for schools, for America's kids and their teachers, he's trying to weaken the guidelines themselves. The president said today we just don't want the guidance to be too tough. Uh, and that's the reason why next week uh, the CDC is going to be issuing a new set of tools. Yeah, we don't want it to be too tough. Guidelines... You don't want scientific guidelines to be too tough. You want to, you want, you know, you want to, you want just some new tools. A plan for fighting the virus and saving lives would mean strengthening those tools, not weakening them. And in a larger sense, it would mean not showing contempt for the scientists crafting the guidelines, assessing the dangers, and informing the public. Caitlin Collins tells us the president has not even attended coronavirus task force meetings since April. Not only that, but Caitlin also is reporting the president hasn't seen the nation's leading infectious disease doctor, Anthony Fauci, and a member of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, in over five weeks. Hasn't briefed the president in two months. Why would that surprise anyone? Dr. Fauci is well-respected. He's an expert in the field. All those are negatives to this president. 
president doesn't want to hear what Dr. Fauci thinks. They're completely at odds over the virus. Dr. Fauci is too smart, too political to confront the president directly, but he does speak honestly when asked. Don't take my word for it. Watch. With a four to Done a great job, whether it's ventilators or anything you want to look at. As a country, when you compare us to other countries, I don't think you can say we're doing great. I mean, we're just not. We have some areas where we're putting out the flames or the fires, and that's working out well. Right now, if you look at the number of cases, it's quite disturbing. And we're setting records practically every day of new cases. We test so many people that we have more cases. Everybody says, we have so many cases. That's because we test so many people. Even though the numbers look good, and this is the thing that is a little bit concerning. You say, well, we now have 37 million tests have been performed. When you get on the phone and talk to the people in the community, there are still lapses there where the dots are not being connected. I said to my people, slow the testing down, please. To my knowledge, none of us have ever been told to slow down on testing. That just is a fact. In fact, we will be doing more testing. What we do have is we have perhaps the lowest, but among the lowest, but perhaps the lowest mortality rate, death rate, anywhere in the world. It's a false narrative to take comfort in, in a lower rate of death. We are going to be in two, three, four weeks. By the time we next speak, I think we're going to be in very good shape. I would not be surprised if we go up to 100,000 a day if this does not turn around. I think we are in a good place. I think it's important to tell you and the American public that I'm very concerned because it could get very bad. And it has. Even in the days since he said that, it's gotten worse. Even as in states like Arizona, doctors and nurses say they're running out of protective equipment. Four months in, and that is still a problem. We're still talking about personal protective equipment. Can you imagine that? In part because there's still no federal effort to coordinate the purchase and distribution of supplies. Four months in, there's no federal mandate on mask wearing or even the president's support for statewide mandates. He's still flouting the guidelines, even as his own task force members implore and in some cases actually beg people to wear masks. It is critical that we all take the personal responsibility to slow the transmission of COVID-19 and embrace the universal use of face coverings. There's no doubt that wearing masks protects you and gets you to be protected. We need to support mask wearing. When I'm not in uniform, I wear them. They're white, they work very effective, and I think they're a great investment for the American people. It is not an inconvenience. It is not a suppression of your freedom. When you're outside and not have the capability of maintaining distance, you should wear a mask at all times. This face covering actually is an instrument of freedom for Americans if we all use it. Wear facial coverings where social distancing is not possible. Please, please, please wear a face covering when you go out in public. The president, as you know, said he just doesn't see himself wearing a mask, not, you know, not presidential. A spray-on mask to protect his vanity, that accordingly is presidential now, but an actual mask that would protect other people, that's a no-go. The mask, if the president wore a mask, it would at least send a message to those foolish enough to still listen to him. A mask is the one thing that we can all do that science shows could save tens of thousands of lives, even if no other steps are taken. Just that, just putting on a mask. 
extent the president's vanity is so extreme, so absurd, that CNN has learned the White House advisors who want him to do this one simple thing have been searching for venues where he has to wear a mask so he can put it on without it seeming like he changed his mind. To wear a mask without losing face, because for this president, saving face is more important than saving lives. Of community spread says that at least one percent, at the very least one percent of our population, is carrying this virus in Ohio today. We have 11.7 million people, so the math is over 100,000. So that just gives you a sense of how this virus spreads and is spreading quickly. Ohio's top health official there saying that there are likely more than 100,000 undiagnosed cases of the coronavirus in the state. The governor ordering all schools closed for a three-week period starting end of the day on Monday. He is also ordering a ban on mass gatherings of more than 100 people as officials work to curb the spread of this virus. Joining us now is Ohio's Governor Mike DeWine. Governor, good morning to you. Thank you for being here. Good morning. So what Thank are you, you doing uh, actively to stop the spread of this virus in your state? You know, I've relied on experts. We have a panel of 14 doctors, uh, as well as certainly Dr. Acton, who you just heard. Uh, we also reached out to other experts yesterday, and it was clear that we had to take this action in regard to our schools. As Dr. Acton indicated, you know, we project we have about 100,000 people at least who already are walking around with the coronavirus. And what, what the experts tell us is that this number will multiply, will double every six days. So if you just think about that, you can extrapolate that out. Uh, you know, we're into some tough times in Ohio, and it's very, very important for us to do everything we can to slow this down. And so closing the schools is a is a you know a dramatic and drastic action. We know there are other consequences, but uh, it's important for us to do this. And the whole goal is to try to spread this out. Um, we know a lot of people in Ohio are going to be infected, but what we don't want to do is overrun our, our health care system. we got a great health care system in the United States and in Ohio, uh, but they also have a pretty good one in, in Italy, too, and we're seeing what problems that they're encountering in Italy. So we don't want that situation, and we've got to slow this thing down, and so that's why we took these uh, dramatic steps. The, the other thing that you know we're really emphasizing now to people is there's only so much government can do. Uh, you have a responsibility to not only yourself, but to strangers. The way this thing spreads, um, you know, do everything you can to stay away from people who who are sick. Uh, if you're sick, stay home. Uh, if someone in your family is sick, uh, we tell people, look, treat that as if you were sick. You need to stay home as, as well. And these are drastic actions but we're in very uh, difficult times. What, what access do the residents of your state have to testing kits, Governor? I'm sorry? Testing kits. This has been a crux of the problem for the yeah. administration. Yeah. And we have access to testing kits in Ohio. Sure. We have about uh, over 1,000 uh, testing kits today at the Department of Health, but we also have uh, private labs that have this capability. Uh, now our... Uh, some of our major hospitals are coming online, basically, in regard to having testing kits. So um, you're going to see more tests done in the next few days. And, of course, the number of people who are testing positive is going to go up. So th those numbers are going to go up uh, rather dramatically in the, next, in the next few days. To be clear, Governor, that... I mean, you're talking about 100,000 undiagnosed cases walking around in your state today. 
You're saying that the state expects that those cases to double every six days, but there's only a thousand testing kits that you know of? It, you, what Dr. Acton tells me, and I, I rely on the experts, I'm certainly not the expert, but uh, you know, we're going to reach a point uh, in this country, not just in Ohio, uh, where it's not going to be too long when they're not going to have the capacity to test every, everybody, and we're just going to have to move move on from there. Because if you get you know a million people, two million people, obviously you're not going to be testing them at that point. So look, would we like more testing kits? Yeah, we would, but we're in the same boat everybody else is. We're not we're not unique, but we do have capacity coming online in regard to our hospitals, and so you're going to see the tests that are being done are going to go up dramatically, and when they go up, you're going to see the number of, of people who test positive go up but the steps that we took um, you know were informed by the experts who tell us what they anticipate based on the number of tests that we have done based on the fact that we now have two uh, community spread individuals who have no we have no idea where they got it um, it's it's all across Ohio but it's all across other states as well and so uh, we took this action yesterday uh, we can't say to get ahead of this because you can't get ahead of it, really, but to really slow this down as much as we could so that our, our health, um, our hospitals and our doctors and our whole health system will be able to deal with uh, what's coming up. It's a huge challenge, not just in your state, across the country, Governor. We wish you and the residents of Ohio well through all of this. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. And I'm depressed as a human being and as an American citizen. I'm getting to the point where I'm scared as hell. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because, you know, you, you, one minute you're just saying, okay, this is an elevated case of the flu. This is what you're thinking at the moment when it first I'm talking about weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you get a phone call that your daughter ain't coming to school for weeks at a time because school's closing. And then you realize what the hell's going on here. You remember Spanish flu, 1918, I mean, they didn't contain it, they didn't, you know, they didn't arrest the virus, what have you, and about 50 to 100 million people was killed before, you know, they, they, they got a hold of things. You look at it now, as you were talking about, Brian, during the break, uh, China, South Korea, Italy, shutting down basically everything. Well, if that's happening, you know that the United States is going to be next. And when you talk about sports leagues... I think the thing that's very, very alarming to me is that people, I've, I've seen the emotions, you know, when the Ivy League canceled their basketball tournament, you know, conference tournament and stuff like that, and people are in an uproar, and I'm like, well, wait a minute here. We don't know. We're talking about an infectious disease that, that could ultimately end up killing you. What, what, what is your problem? If they're acknowledging that containment is an issue, all right, then to me, nobody should have any kind of pushback whatsoever. I understand the business end of it all, and y'all could get into all of that. But I'm just talking about as human beings in terms of being concerned about the health and well-being of our nation. Yeah. How can you have a problem with somebody erring on the side of caution when you talk about potential death lying, you know, waiting down the line in the event that you act irresponsibly or negligently. How could you have a problem with that? Because clearly it appears to be a problem. If somebody's exaggerating, if somebody's lying or whatever, that would be a different ball game. But if nations are saying- Countries me, are being shut down. We gotta shut this down, it's that damn scary. I think that's a reason to raise an eyebrow and say, yo, this is more serious than I thought it was.
the, the, the mortality rate from this, again, from the most recent numbers, is at least, they're not sure exactly, mm -hmm. but at least it looks like 10 times the flu. Yeah. So it's serious. Um, the issue seems to be not uh, containment because it's going to go away, but to slow the transmission of it so that the health system isn't overtaxed, that's when mortality rates go even higher. So you understand the league doing due diligence. The Ivy League canceling the tournament. We'll see what happens with March Madness. We'll see all these things. But you understand the NBA saying, let's move it to places where it's... It seems that's that... that work. It seems that... We'll see the efficacy, but it seems like that's not going to work. Why are you shaking your head? What do you mean it's not going to work? Well, let me put my report. Let me finish what I'm going to say, and we'll get to Brian. So... Then it becomes, can they play in front of empty gyms? Because the idea being, you know, there's already rules in certain cities and, and states. You can't uh, have gatherings of more than two, I think it was Washington State, 250 people mm -hmm. in a place, right? So uh, two teams playing together, it's 50 people in a place. A, a stadium is 20,000 people in a place, right? So you could see something like that happening because there's still TV revenue there, even if there isn't ticket sales revenue. And you want to protect the money makers. The question is not whether they're going to do that or not. The question is, will that even work? Or is this thing happening so fast that we won't even get to that before ultimately games are canceled? I'm, I'm going to put my reporter hat on first. My reporter, okay. I would just say that what I've been told is this call with the owners today. Everything is on the table. There is nothing that isn't going to be considered. The main, it's going to be procedural. What do we do now? What are our next steps? Um, I do believe there's a strong chance, from what I understand, that they will begin a plan to take fans out from out of arenas, not just because it's the right thing to do, but also because local governments are making it for them. Now I'm going to take that hat off, and I'm just going to be a realist here. Okay. The reality is, if you look what happened in China, and you look what's happening in Italy, the Serie A, which is their NFL, is shut down. Okay, Basketball in China, which is huge, is shut down, has been shut down for two months. That's likely what we're headed for here. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about from a health situation. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what's going on with this virus. I'm just saying the containment is what the governments are doing. It's not even going to be up to the leagues. It's going to be up to the governments. And the reason why moving into a city that doesn't have an outbreak right now isn't going to work is because we don't know where the outbreaks are because we don't have the testing. They're not testing in certain areas, so we don't know. We really don't know how many cases there are. Which is because the CDC won't accept I don't certain know. tests. Okay, that's fine. That's a different topic of conversation. I don't know about any of that. I'm just telling you, you know, that's, that's where the, that's the reality is. Now, from a financial standpoint, playoff ticket revenue is enormous. Mm -hmm. While it is true that your average NBA game, the majority of the revenue that comes in is from the TV, and in theory the league could still operate just fine. In fact, the ratings might actually go up because so many people are in quarantine with just the people in the stands. That's fine. But when it comes to the playoffs, from a revenue standpoint, a game in Los Angeles, $10, $15 million a game per game for the Lakers and Clippers, you think about how many games, if, if they don't have playoff revenue and they have to give that money back, and by the way, they don't have a process for that. That's one of the things they're going to talk about. They don't have a plan in place, how do we play the playoffs without yeah. fans. If they have to give that money back, it's a material effect on next year's salary cap because they've already built in hundreds of millions of expected revenue. So in other words, even, they're better off canceling the games? No, no, sus postponing, suspending. Oh. I think my, my guess, not as a reporter, as yeah. somebody who lives in this world who's been watching China, mm -hmm is that we're eventually going to face suspension of the games. And we're just going to push Entirely. it back. Entirely. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Question for you. 
you said obviously this is not going to be up to the league. It's going to be basically up to the governments. Um, as it pertains to today's conference call between the commissioner and the owners, is there anyone else that's scheduled to participate in that conference call other than the owners, the league's board of governors, and the commission? I don't know the answer to that. What I do know is that the league has struggled to find a consensus from the health experts. They have, they have been striving over the last few days to get an ironclad thing, this is what we need to do, and they're having difficulty because, as you said, different people are saying different things. Well, but it, it does seem that, it doesn't seem that, that in country, like what has worked in terms of containment or, uh, our places are so, is social distancing, right? That's right? Social distancing slows the spread. And so what we're really talking about is social distancing. Why not have fans in the stands? Because it's too many people in the same place at the same time. The, well, the, the, it will spread more quickly. As viruses multiply, they change. And the same is happening to the coronavirus. All viruses mutate. Um, and, and that is to be expected. Scientists have been tracking those mutations while following coronavirus's journey around the world. Some of the mutations help the virus to spread. Others do nothing at all. But as coronavirus multiplies and changes, could it also become more deadly? This is your COVID-19 special here on DW. I'm Chris Colbert. Welcome to the program. The coronavirus is not the same that came out of China half a year ago. Like other viruses, it has mutated. And a recent study suggests the globally predominant strain is more infectious than the original. The new coronavirus, like all other viruses, is constantly mutating as it replicates inside its human host. The virus uses us to multiply by injecting its genetic information into our cells. The cell then becomes a kind of virus factory, mass-producing the genetic material that allows more of the virus to develop. As the virus replicates, mistakes are often made. For the ones we trust to always be there. Errors mean the genetic material changes, causing a mutated version of the virus. If those changes are advantageous, the mutation will go on to spread. SARS-CoV-2 doesn't appear to mutate as easily as other viruses like influenza, for example. Experts say it doesn't have to, because thus far it's been so successful. Nevertheless, a mutation could take place that might hit humans much harder than previous versions of the virus. Of course, it would be an evolutionary disadvantage if, as a virus, my host died while I was trying to replicate. The most successful viruses are those that show no symptoms to begin with, allowing them to spread before taking down their host. If a more aggressive mutation of coronavirus were already spreading, it might be hard to spot. That would require very complex testing in a lab. It would have to be done very precisely to be able to answer questions like, is this form more infectious? Can the immune system deal with it better? Such studies take a lot of time. 
One major change in the virus has apparently already been determined. Earlier generations of coronavirus replicated in the lungs, and new mutations using host cells somewhere else in the body, the throat, more contagious, if not more deadly. So what does that mean for the search for a vaccine? Are researchers struggling to keep up with an ever-changing virus? It completely depends on how this vaccine is designed, whether it does end up offering a broad immune response. The virus would have a tougher time quickly getting around a vaccine with a wide-reaching and very effective immune response. It seems we may not need a new vaccine for every new year, like with influenza. That's at least the hope we have for the coming years. With every new patient emerging immune after surviving COVID-19, pressure piles on coronavirus to change. As it does, scientists will have to keep up. Earlier, I spoke to Dr. Andreas Bergthaler of the Research Center for Molecular Medicine of the Austrian Academy of Sciences. And as there are now multiple versions of the coronavirus, I asked him if their characteristics were vastly different. There are hundreds of different mutations, and, and this is a totally natural and normal process because these RNA viruses, they have an imperfect replication of their own genome. So per se, just finding mutations is, is nothing bad or good. This is just how nature works. Okay. Uh, lab research shows that the globally dominating version of the coronavirus transmits more easily between humans now than the original did. Does that mean it's also more dangerous? No, it does not mean that it's more dangerous. Um, you're referring to one particular mutation that has been in the media uh, over the last few weeks, and it's known by researchers for months already. It's called D614G mutation. Um, and it, yes, it is a prevalent mutation that is found pretty much all over the globe by now. And also by now, uh, scientists have actually obtained uh, evidence in the lab in vitro that this mutation might lead to higher infectivity is 97. It's the first time it's been under 100, and it is the first time it's been this low since March 16th. Uh, intubations have been a, a bad indicator. The number of people who once intubated, once they're intubated, actually come off the intubator is very low. About 80% of the people who are intubated uh, don't survive. So the fact that this number is down uh, is very positive. All the numbers are uh, where they should be, and uh, you can look at them by region. Within a region, you can look at them by county. Uh, you see some slight variances among the counties, which we have been seeing and we've been watching, uh, and you get a little uptick, a little downtick, but uh, they're basically all in good shape. Number of lives lost, uh, 11, and it's been about that level for the past uh, week or so, and that's uh, also good news, that you can be at a place where you lose 11 people and you say that's good news, is welcome to our new reality. Our thoughts and prayers are with those 11. Uh, but relative to where we were, that's very, very good news. The rolling average, three-day average, uh, is 
10. We did 57,000 tests yesterday. No state tests more than New York tests. Uh, I don't believe there's a country that per capita tests more than New York tests. So we get the information and the information uh, can then lead us if we have a problem, we see a problem, and then we can attack the problem. 1.2% positive on the 57,000 tests yesterday. Uh, Long Island enters phase four, which is the final phase today. We're excited about that. Uh, but as I've said every day for the past 130 days, we're making progress because we're acting smart and we have to continue to act smart because if we don't act smart, you'll see those numbers change quickly. Bad news is everything around us, frankly. Tale of two cities, my father's speech, we now have tale of two different kinds of states. 36 states are seeing an increase in the COVID infection rate. Uh, that is the bad news. Now, the federal government still insists on uh, perpetuating myths, and the federal government says, well, the cases are going up because we are testing more. That makes no sense whatsoever. And the American people are smart. You know, you're not going to fool them. Uh, you're not going to con them. Hospitalizations are going up. That is the indicator. People do not go into a hospital unless they're sick. Nobody goes into a hospital for a vacation. Hospital won't keep you if you're well and you're just going there for a respite. The hospitalizations are going up because more people are getting sick. And that is undeniable. And you see it in states all across the country. You look at the numbers uh, in Texas. They're afraid they're running out of hospital beds. Uh, Florida, you're seeing a tremendous spike. There are some hospitals that are out of ICU beds, which is a really frightening situation to be in. Uh, we've offered help to all these states, uh, whatever they need. Florida has uh, said that they uh, might need some assistance from us. Whatever they need, uh, we will provide. But you see the same story uh, all across these states. Now, it's bad news for them. It's bad news for us as Americans. It's also bad news because it threatens our situation. Uh, we understand this because we've lived this already. We had that spike because the virus went from China to Europe and we now understand that the planet is small and a virus anywhere has to be considered a virus everywhere. Well, it's only in China. It's only in Italy. It's only in Spain. Yes, until it gets on a plane and then it's in our backyard, which is exactly what happened. January, February, March, three million people came from Europe and they brought the virus. And that's why New York had the spike that we had. We are expanding the list of states that are quarantined. New Jersey, Connecticut, and New York are acting in unison. Uh, we have a formula where if a state is above a certain infection rate, then it is on a quarantine list. And three more states are now over that threshold. 
because the infection numbers in these states are increasing. Uh, total is 19. The airlines have agreed to hand out forms on the flights coming into New York, uh, where on that form it will ask you uh, where you're coming from, where you're staying, uh, and we need you to quarantine. New York, uh, New Yorkers know New York State has proven two things as a fact. We know what works and we know what doesn't work, right? Uh, we have results in New York. We've lived this. We were the laboratory. And we know that smart data-driven approach worked. We brought down the curve. Uh, New Yorkers did it. We have we're now in reopening, different regions in different phases. But you have numbers. You have proof. You don't have to guess. It's no longer a question of theory. I Texas hit a high for hospitalizations this week, and Marcus Moore starts us off from Dallas. Good morning, Marcus. George, good morning. We are back outside one of those drive-up testing centers here in Dallas, where, as you can see, people are already lined up to get tested for COVID-19 as those hospitalizations rise. This morning, COVID hospitalizations nearing their all-time high, with more than 56,000 patients currently hospitalized. As cases rise in 41 states, 25 states, half the U.S., reporting an increase in daily fatalities. ICUs filling across the South, here in Texas, with another new record of nearly 11,000 new cases. Refrigerated trucks lining up in San Antonio as morgues fill up. It's a hard thing to talk about, and people's loved ones are dying, but um, in the hospital, there are only so many places to put bodies of the loved ones, and we're out of, we're out of space. Inside University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson, doctors at their breaking point. They come in and they get sick, and they may live, they may not. Unfortunately, a lot don't. Overnight, California's L.A. County seeing its highest number of new COVID hospitalizations ever. Our team was on the front lines at nearby Palm Desert. They come in faster than we're able to discharge. And unfortunately, these patients turn very quickly. First responders rushing a patient to a hospital. And when they get there, only three ICU beds left. If we exceed capacity... Something has to give, and really then the quality starts to suffer. And that breaking point is close. It is very close. Medical professionals across the country yet again struggling to find PPE. Some saying hospitals are rationing gear and forcing many to reuse old masks and gowns. In a country that's this rich with resources, it seems criminal that nurses and healthcare workers are having to make do with cobbled together non-certified safe equipment. In Oklahoma, which also saw another record-breaking day in cases, Governor Kevin Stitt revealing he has tested positive. I got tested yesterday for COVID-19 and the results came back positive. So I feel, feel fine. Governor Stitt had pushed early to reopen his state and was seen attending the president's rally nearly four weeks ago without a mask. I'm just hesitant to mandate something that I think is problematic to enforce. But the state of Alabama issuing a new order requiring them. Violators could face a fine of $500, even jail time. In Georgia, Governor Brian Kemp banning all city and county orders that require masks in public places. This is Dr. Anthony Fauci, who still serves on the president's COVID task force, is calling for recent attacks against him from various members of the White House to end 
calling them bizarre. It distracts from what I would hope would be the common effort of getting this thing under control rather than this back and forth distraction, which just doesn't make any sense. In trying to get things under control, health officials in various parts of, this, uh, various parts of the country urging people to wear those masks as COVID-19 keeps its firm grip on so much of the country. Michael. Masks are so important, Marcus. Thank you. Well, hey there, GMA fans. Robin Roberts here. Thanks for checking out our YouTube channel. Lots of great stuff here. So go on, click the subscribe button right over, right over here to get more of awesome videos and content from GMA every day, anytime. We thank you for watching. Now, my thoughts on this. <clears throat> Human beings, people, people, white, black, whatever you are. Human beings can determine and distinguish from right from wrong. Right? Within that, people love to do what's wrong. Now, how can we nip this in a bud? How can we defeat this virus forever? It was a virus a long, long time ago called the Great Plague. Then one particular virus called the, uh, let's see, uh, the Corolla, the Corolla virus, not the coronavirus, but the Corolla virus, I believe, I believe I'm, I'm saying it right. Then there was another virus called the swine flu. Then the current that we're facing today is called the coronavirus. But how can we defeat this virus that we're dealing with that is killing American citizens at a high rate of 135,000 people are dying and getting sick. How can we defeat this virus, everyone? How can we do it? Oh, let's see, by common sense, which majority people, white or black, do not have. How can we defeat this virus forever? Forever. Forever. How can we do it? Let's see. One. A. They say, wear a mask. That's one. Then they say, social distancing. Meaning, Negroes, meaning, don't go to crowds of people in a place of a building or someone's home in the basement or in the yard around a bunch, a bunch, a rally of people. Stay away from people. Social distancing. Whoever. Then they say, wash your hands. And they don't say brush your teeth. They say, wash your hands. Then they say, if you are infected or whatever the case might be, but stay home. What is wrong with people? I don't know. Let's see. People, human beings are at the top of the food chain. But within the top of the food chain are a bunch of idiots. It's like 
I don't care what you call yourself in religion, you're still an idiot. It's like God made human beings, right? In mythology or religion, God made human beings. And the book of Genesis broken down as genetic gene. If God make human beings, which human beings in the word says, I, the Lord, gave human beings the power and dominion over everything and higher than the angels. So why are us, why are we as human beings are stuck, stole, stuck, donkey Kong stupid? I don't get it. A dog got more common sense than we do. A cat got more common sense than we do. We as people, human beings, are a bunch of idiots. And that's why, and that's why that you are a sheep and your base is sent out amongst the wolves. You're so stupid. This, how can we defeat this virus forever? Forever. Forever. How can we do it? Oh, let's see. Wear a mask. Social distancing. Wear a mask. Social distancing. Social distancing. Uh, wash your hands. Stay with people. Stay home. Don't go around crowds of places. That's it. <coughs> That's it. What is wrong with people? This virus is going to continue to climb and climb and climb because of people are disobedient and do not give a rat's damn ass. Nope. Nope. You don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I want to go over such and such house. I want to put on this nice outfit and look cute with my big round luscious behind backside and show every man I'm strutting out here. I don't care. I want to go to the party. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to walk into the store with a damn without no mask. I don't care. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Well, I don't care. Because it's a he say, she say. I don't care. That's your problem. I don't care. I don't care. You don't care. So this virus that I know the information about this virus. I know where it came from. I know what's put here for. I know what this whole thing is about. Well, I don't care. Well, I don't care. Heavens, I don't care. Because the, the Lord Jesus Christ, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. People don't see what time it is. No. You get your little, uh, let's see, your little, uh, uh, what's they call it? You get your little stimulus check. You get your little income tax check. You just go willy nilly, just blow it all up. You just don't care. You don't give a damn. You don't care. You don't. My race of people, my black folks, we do not care. Nope. That's why we at the very, very end of the stick. We do not care. It's all about, let's see, have a, what a good time. That's all we want to do. Have a good time. Pull up the grill, pull up the grills, and pull up the, start line dancing. We just don't care. Right now, we don't care. We don't care. Nope. Black folks do not care. Anchor FM, I'm telling you, black folks do not care. We don't. 
We do not care. We care no we care so much about picking up a gun and go shoot somebody. We care so much about let's see these black women these black women care so much about fighting another wage because oh you talk about my baby. Why you holding my baby? Why you post a pic of an Instagram pic of my baby? Why you talking about baby daddy? Oh I gotta fight you, ho. See What is wrong with us? This this virus is going to keep on going up and down to and fro seeking whoever it desires to devour. It's going to be here. Longer, longer and longer into the winter time. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Cause the coronavirus is. This is what people are so stupid. Anchor FM. Anchor FM. People are so stupid. No, it's not. It's not gonna be because the summertime is gonna burn away. Oh my goodness. You believe anything? The summertime is going to burn it away of the virus. Oh my God. Oh my, why did God make humans? Whatever God, I'm just saying, people are so stupid. Well, sir and ma'am, this virus is a weapon that you cannot see. This virus is taking lives. This virus is holding and still and is being in people. This virus is in people as the host. This virus is like something that you cannot even see or fight, but you cannot you cannot win this fight unless we got to do what? We got to social distancing practicing, meaning stay away from Big Mama. Well, we don't have a big mama no more. Stay away from mom. Stay away from daddy. Stay away from whoever. Stay away from people. Wear a damn mask. If not, it's your force the law. Say, if you don't wear a mask, you get a ticket. If you do, swear to God, wear a mask. Wash your hands. If you are sick, stay your black tail behind my home. Stay home. Stay your white tail behind home. Stay home. No. No. You want to get out and have a good time. That's what it is. You don't care. You do not care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I want to walk outside and and I have a muscle and shaped body and I want to walk down the beach and I don't care. That's the attitude. That's the attitude. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I can walk into any store because it's my freedom of uh, constitution, the free to walk into the store where I don't care, and that's why you're going to die. That's why you're going to die. Well, I don't care. I pray to my Jesus Christ and his blood. Shut up. You're still going to die. People are not taking precaution. People are not listening. Nick Rolls are not listening. Nope. Nope. Black folks are is the number one getting taken out of here and black folks do not care. In the hood, in the hood, black folks, African American people are number one, are dying, 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 and do you care? Nope. I don't care. Because I'm, I, I, got, I got these nice clothes, and I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care. I don't care because, you know what, because I got my own opinion, I'll be just, I'll be alright. This is what's wrong with black folks. 
You just don't care. We don't care. We, we are. We don't care as a people in America. We so care about picking up a gun and go shoot somebody. We so care about getting on that damn television. But we don't care about the main agenda that we as black folks need to do something. We don't care. Only a few of us care. Only a few of us care. Only a few of us Negroes. Only a few white folks. Only a few people got some damn sense. But majority of people in America do not care. This is what happens. One... 135,000 people are dying. 14 out of 17 and 18 round off as 78% of men in their 50s and 60s are dying and younger are dying. Do you care? Nope. You want to have fun? Yep. You want to hang out? Yep. You think it's so cute with a damn baby walking outside with a stroller? Yep. I don't care. That's your attitude. I don't care. Because the coronavirus, I don't care. That's your problem. You don't care. That's why this virus is continued to climb. That's why this virus continues to increase. That's why this virus, because people just don't care. Don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. That's your problem. This virus is increasing. This virus is at his top. It was once upon a time in this year that they said we're going to shut it down. This is what's going to happen again. They're going to shut it down because it keep climbing. It keep climbing. This virus keep climbing and someone will say shut it down now. That's what the problem is. This is the problem. This is what the problem is. This virus is increasing by the day, by the hour, by the second it's increasing, it is growing again because human beings don't use their thinking caps like some teacher taught you in school. Use your thinking caps, children, but children are not, people and kids are not doing it. Nope. It's going to be here for a longer period of time so they can find a vaccination and people within the vaccine they're trying to find, within the vaccination they're trying to find and people just walk outside like, I don't care. I put on the cross every day. I read the Bible. I have the faith of God. I'll be okay. This is your problem. You don't care. <laughs> you don't care. Well, God. Jeez Louise. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Heavens, I don't care. I don't care. This is the problem. That's why this virus is going to continue to escalate and take lives because of people do not care about taking precaution of their own self or someone else. Do not care. You got these white folks out here. Do not care. I don't care. Look at these black folks. I do not care. I don't care. I'm going to go to church and I don't care. I'm going to sit outside and I'm going to sit outside in the parking lot and I'm going to listen to whoever I'm listening to for 20 minutes to preach the word and it's hot outside. I'm going to sit in the car and... I'm telling you, the virus, the coronavirus, is taking lives. The coronavirus is increasing to its appetite, a full effect of power. Because people are not listening. 
People are not listening. People are not listening. So this is what's going to happen. Someone's going to say, lock it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. Shut the gyms down. Shut these places down again. Because this is the abomination of evil. Evil. What I'm saying is, you have to take precaution. You have to open your eyes. People are deaf, blind, and dumb, and naked. These industries of business know this already, that they know this. These people that sit in disclosed areas that you do not see, they know this. It's called take out the old in with the new, and they t- telling everybody to save your own ass. Every man for themselves. This is the warning of survival of the fittest, of mental, physical, and spiritual. This is telling the world that this is a whole new world order. This is telling the world that this is going to happen. This virus is coming back. This virus has resurrected. And he said, damn it, if you don't put that damn mask on your goofy face, if you don't put that mask on, if you don't social distance, if you if you don't social distancing distancing yourself, if you don't if you don't if you got you got the video check your mama, you got the video check your daddy, don't go around everybody, don't be around crowds of places. Don't have no black party, nothing. Take your black behind home and take your white behind home. You must, but people don't listen. A white man right now. Well, I know what's going on. But I don't care. Heavens, I don't care. I don't care. Because I am a, a Caucasian. A Caucasian white man or white woman. I don't care. I walk into the store. A black man. Look at me, I don't care, no, because I know what's going on, because you know what, <laughs> I got Jesus Christ around, I got Jesus the Christ now. I got Jesus on my side, He, you know what, Jesus on the main line, yeah, I know, I know, I'm a walker, because I got to say Jesus, yeah, I'm on the, he's on the main line, so I'm good. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. And that's why 135,000 people are dying. 135,000 people are dying, sir. Are dying, ma'am. Put the damn mask on. Put the damn mask on. Put the damn mask on, sir and ma'am. Is it that hard? Is it that hard to do? Put the damn mask on. 
away from people. Why are you on a party and have a black party? Why? Do you see what's going on? No. Put the damn mask on. Wash your hands. Social distancing. Put the damn mask on. Before you walk into the store, have your mask already on. Put the damn mask on. Damn it. What well, God. What is wrong with people? What is wrong with human beings? You're so caught up in this election. You're so caught up in looking at, look at LeBron James. You're so caught up in all this bullshit. Why don't you listen? Why don't people listen? Why don't people listen? Why don't, put, why don't people take heed? Put the damn mask on. Shaniqua, Ray Ray, Pookie. Put the damn mask on. Don't nobody give a damn because that female got a big fat ass. Who cares? Every nigga been with it. Excuse my language. Every brother did, did something with that. You ain't fresh, sister. Everybody know about this little fool, flunking Negro fool. Put the damn mask on. Sir, put the mask on. Put the damn mask on. What's wrong with you? I don't care what my mama got to say. I don't care. Because this virus, because we are dealing with the, the, the weather of the summertime, is supposed to burn the coronavirus away. My God. Oh, my God. The coronavirus cannot live in the summertime. It will burn it away. Shut up. <laughs> Are you serious? Put the damn mask on. Put the damn mask on. God damn it. What's wrong with you people? Well, I give it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Jesus never even taught his followers to be a damn fool. Jesus never taught his followers to be an idiot or be ignorant. No. Jesus always taught his followers to have common sense, to walk this way and talk this way. Go this way. Don't go that damn way. What is wrong? Oh, my God. Put the damn mask on. Now, because it affects how my beautiful face, how it looks. I don't like it. It's like when I was a kid, I don't like to wear no hat on top of my head when I was in school. Put the damn mask on. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Draywaz, my name. Draywaz Conquer. Thank you for listening. Until next time on the exact same station of Anchor FM. Anchor FM. Dre Wise Conqueror. Follow me, like I said, on Instagram. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Jarrell Lucian. Email me. If, if you have any questions, cash at me for more, more, more topics, audio, podcast. Cash at me. Dollar sign Lucian, Jarrell number seven. I gotta go. I gotta get up out of here. Peace and farewell.